0: You are listening to grown ups Read Princess Stories, the podcast where grown-ups from around the world read stories about princesses, be them fairy tales or true history. I'm your host, RPJ, and welcome back to another season. Now, I know some of you might be thinking to yourselves, but wasn't this podcast initially called Dads Read Princess Stories? And you would be correct, that was the name. Of the podcast. And we have changed it to grown-ups read princess stories. So why the name change? Well, as great as it is to have dads reading on the podcast and supporting the fact that dads can be feminine and that dads can be loving and caring, that they can read to their kids, that reading fairy tales or stories about princesses isn't a girly thing, quote unquote. That it's not just for girls. As great as that is why stop there? If we are to be truly diverse and open with this podcast, then we can't just have only men reading on the show. And so going forward, we are opening up this podcast to everyone and anyone. It does not matter how you identify. It does not matter who you are in the world. Everyone is welcome on this podcast. And so that means going forward, you're going to hear so many amazing new stories from even more amazing human beings. And that brings us to our first guest of this new season, Caitlin Ward. Now Caitlin Ward tells stories for a living and lives to tell stories. She has a bachelor's and a master's degree. In the communications field and has been honored to tell stories on behalf of a zoo for a foreign government and everything in between. She was once even commissioned to illustrate an activity book to teach children the importance of women's right to vote, which was featured in the Chicago Tribune. Caitlin now co-hosts Amateur Intellectuals, a comedy podcast for grown-ups to discuss cerebral topics in the safe. Curious and joke heavy space of friendship. She has been the mother of a beautiful daughter for six whole years and reads to her every night. You can follow amateur intellectuals on social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We will leave a link to those in the description of the show. Now, what will Caitlin Ward be reading? The Christmas Fairy of Strasbourg, written by Francis Jenkins Olcott. Francis Jenkins Olcott, born in 1872 in Paris, France, eventually was the assistant librarian of the Brooklyn Public Library from 1897 to 1898. And this is what's so cool about her. She then became the first librarian to develop the head of the children's department at Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh. And to organize a formal training program known as the Training School for Children's Librarians. Her children's department was a laboratory where she and her staff tested methods, evolved standards, and worked out problems regarding reading engagement, content selection, and material organization. Her team's results were published and shared with other libraries and schools. Her educational-minded staff with two experts helped eventually create what became the Carnegie Support Training School for children's librarians. Olcott started outreach programs to bring books into homes, schools, detention centers, and beyond. Her efforts helped a large immigrant population at the time learn how to adapt to a new country. She promoted the idea of having home libraries for children, and she and her colleagues would set up a reading hour where groups of children would meet in a home in the community to be read to by the librarians. In 1911, Olcott left both Pittsburgh and her position of librarian and moved back to New York to write books for children and books on how to be effective children's librarians. She then wrote and edited more than 20 four volumes, which sold in her lifetime more than half a million dollars. And so it is my great pleasure for our first episode of this season of Grown Ups Read Princess Stories to have Caitlin Ward reading The Christmas Fairy of Strasbourg, written by Francis Jenkins Olcott.
1: Once long ago, there lived near the ancient city of Strasbourg on the River Rhine, a young and handsome count whose name was Otto. As the years flew by, he remained unwed and never so much as cast a glance at the fair maidens of the country round. For this reason, people began to call him Stoneheart. It chanced that Count Otto, on one Christmas Eve, ordered that a great hunt should take place in the forest surrounding his castle. He and his guests and his many retainers rode forth, and the chase became more and more exciting. It led through thickets and over pathless tracks of forest until at length Count Otto found himself separated from his companions. Uh Uh-oh, this is usually the part where something interesting happens. He rode on by himself until he came to a spring of clear, bubbling water, known to the people around as the fairy well. Here, Count Otto dismounted. He bent over the spring and began to lave his hands in the sparkling tide. But, to his wonder, he found that though the weather was cold and frosty, the water was warm and delightfully caressing. Kind of like a nice warm bath, huh? Anyway, he felt a glow of joy pass through his veins, and as he plunged his hands deeper, he fancied that his right hand was grasped by another, soft and small, which gently slipped from his finger the gold ring he always wore. And lo, when he drew out his hand, the gold ring was gone. Full of wonder at this mysterious event, the Count mounted his horse and returned to his castle, resolving in his mind that the very next day he would have the fairy well emptied by his servants. Reasonable. Fare thee well, fairy well, I guess. He retired to his room and, throwing himself just as he was upon his couch, tried to sleep. But the strangeness of the adventure kept him restless and wakeful. You would have me restless and wakeful, too. Someone grabbed his hand in the warm water and stole his ring. Moving on. Suddenly, he heard the hoarse baying of the watchhounds in the courtyard, and then the creaking of the drawbridge, as though it were being lowered. Then came to his ear the patter of many small feet on the stone staircase. And next, he heard indistinctly the sound of light footsteps in the chamber adjoining his own. Yikes. Count Otto sprang from his couch, and as he did so, there sounded a strain of delicious music, and the door of his chamber was flung open. Hurrying into the next room, he found himself in the midst of numberless fairy beings, Clad in gay and sparkling robes, they paid no heed to him but began to dance and laugh and sing to the sound of mysterious music. Hmm, why'd they just barge into Count Otto's house and have a dance party? Perhaps we'll find out. Let's read on. In the center of the apartment stood a splendid Christmas tree, the first ever seen in that country. Instead of toys and candles, there hung on its lighted boughs diamond stars, pearl necklaces, bracelets of gold ornamented with colored jewels, aigrets of rubies and sapphires, silken belts embroidered with oriental pearls, and daggers mounted in gold and studded with the rarest gems. The whole tree swayed, sparkled and glittered in the radiance of its many lights. Count Otto stood speechless, gazing at all this wonder when suddenly the fairies stopped dancing and fell back to make room for a lady of dazzling beauty who came slowly toward him. She wore on her raven black tresses a golden diadem set with jewels. Her hair flowed down upon a robe of rosy satin and creamy velvet. She stretched out two small white hands to the count and addressed him in a sweet, alluring tone. Dear Count Otto, said she, I come to return your Christmas visit. I am Ernestine, the Queen of the Fairies. I bring you something you lost in the fairy well. And as she spoke, she drew from her bosom a golden casket set with diamonds and placed it in his hands. He opened it eagerly and found within his lost gold ring. Carried away by the wonder of it all and overcome by an irresistible impulse, the count pressed the fairy Ernestine to his heart while she, holding him by the hand, drew him into the magic mazes of the dance. The mysterious music floated through the room and the rest of that fairy company circled and whirled around the fairy queen and Count Otto and then gradually dissolved into a mist of many colors, leaving the count and his beautiful guest alone. Then the young man, forgetting all his former coldness toward the maidens of the country round about, fell on his knees before the fairy and besought her to become his bride. At last she consented on the condition that he should never speak the word death in her presence. The next day, the wedding of Count Otto and Ernestine, Queen of the Fairies, was celebrated with great pomp and magnificence, and the two continued to live happily for many years. The next day, please refer to Christoph's advice on this in Frozen, specifically in regards to marrying someone you just met. I have some questions. Well, anyway, moving on. Now, it happened on a time that the count and his fairy wife were to hunt in the forest around the castle. The horses were saddled and bridled and standing at the door, the company waited and the count paced the hall in great impatience. But still the fairy Ernestine tarried along in her chamber. We girls do that, get used to it. At length, she appeared at the door of the hall and the count addressed her in anger. You have kept us waiting so long, he cried, that you would make a good messenger to send for death. Uh Uh-oh. Remember the one thing Ernestine asked of Otto? There was one word that was not cool to speak in her presence, and he just said it. Scarcely had he spoken the forbidden and fatal word when the fairy, uttering a wild cry, vanished from his sight. In vain, Count Otto, overwhelmed with grief and remorse, searched the castle and the fairy well. No trace could he find of his beautiful lost wife, but the imprint of her delicate hand set in the stone arch above the castle gate. Years passed by, and the fairy Ernestine did not return. The count continued to grieve. Every Christmas Eve, he set up a lighted tree in the room where he had first met the fairy, hoping in vain that she would return to him. Time passed and the count died. The castle fell into ruins, but to this day may be seen above the massive gate, deeply sunken in the stone arch, the impress of a small and delicate hand. And such, say the good folk of Strasbourg, was the origin of the Christmas tree. Of course, the moral of the story is that words do have consequences. And though you may feel upset sometimes, it never warrants hurtful words toward another. Otto not only said the word he'd promised never to say, but he also said it with hurtful intentions toward Ernestine. For taking too long to get ready. I'm sure Otto regretted what he said in anger, and I bet he missed those little fairy beings having a dance party in his house with his lovely albeit tardy to the party, Queen. Merry Christmas, and, well, good night.
0: That was The Christmas Fairy of Strasbourg, written by Francis Jenkins Olcott and read by Caitlin Ward. Thank you for listening to this very first episode of Grown Ups Read Princess Stories. I'm your host, RPJ, and if you liked the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, it helps us out. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram at Grownups Read Princess Stories. We look forward to bringing you more stories with more people. But until then, enjoy your holidays and please stay safe.